Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Here we go. Welcome back. It's always an interesting, you know, balance of time for you to hit that button at the right time. Yeah. Because uh, our video element does not have the intro, but the audio. If you want to hear the intro, if you're only watching this on YouTube, we got a pretty sweet intro track. We sure do. It's got some sitar music, some digital voice. Um, Can you hear yourself in your in your headphones? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Sorry. We might need to. I mean. Do, I, do we need to adjust? No, I think you're good. All right. Just I just couldn't hear you in my headphones for a Open second. Open your ears. Sorry, Open man. Open your ears. Wow, well, Jesus. It's the morning. You gotta you gotta do some ear maintenance before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, happy New Year, Kyle. Is it the New Year? Yeah. You know how I know? Because I drank some alcohol last night to celebrate. I you only feel... drink once a year on New Year's Eve. Not not at all. <laughs> I don't feel great though. You don't feel terrible, though. No, do I, don't feel, I don't feel terrible. That's good. You don't seem terrible. You seem like you. I, if you wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't have guessed that mm. you drank last night. Mm. You seem, you know, on top of it. I didn't have time to do my hair, so the world gets to see this beautiful. You're a curly headed fuck, so yep. it doesn't get you know, like even when your hair is disheveled, it's curly, so it's got like a shape. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sure does. So it's not, it's not, it looks all right. A little gray in there. Yeah, yeah, there's some gray in there for sure. How do you like that? And the beard too. Getting mm. all the shit, dude. Yep. So um, I probably would not have stayed up for the ball dropping last night. Uh, you know, like I think I regret missing out on a few extra hours of sleep more than uh, anything else. Mm. But um, the football game was on. So we had the we had the college football semifinals and uh, – Neither of the games went the way I wanted them to go. Really? Yeah. You wanted Michigan to win? Yeah. Not me, man. Because I wanted to play them again and have an opportunity to beat them. Yeah, I feel like if TCU beat them and we went on to the national championship, uh, I, I think that's good enough. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it is good enough, yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely understand the... Uh, the drive to to avenge that loss and just to beat Michigan again, you know? Yep. Because fuck Michigan. Yep, exactly. I saw somebody tweet something out. It was like, what what parts of America or what parts of your country would you be willing to give get rid of to appease Putin? You know, like people are saying that Ukraine should let go of the Donbass and whatever the other region is. Mm. It's like, I think he can have Michigan. He can have Michigan now. <laughs> We're not even in, you know, take it, dude. Yeah. Fucking yeah. state up north. Smells like hot dog water. Yep. I don't give a damn about the um, whole state of Michigan. But yeah, so that one, I don't. I mean, I really don't care. I, I wanted Ohio State to win, but other than that, I really don't give a shit one way or the other. But, you yeah. know, it's always nice to see Michigan lose. Yeah, it, not always. I, I mostly 
I mostly root for the Big Ten teams. Um, TCU when I can. No, no, no. No, I know, but TCU's they're but they're like a. It's not like it's Alabama or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes it better. Yeah, um, we did have a good victory. Uh, the Big Ten. What was it? Um, I think Maryland won their bowl game, and uh, Kentucky played. Who did they play? Kentucky. Iowa. Yeah, so we had we had a, uh, an SEC Big Ten I matchup. Say, I didn't even think Kentucky was a Big Ten team, but SEC. Iowa. Yeah, 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 and we and Iowa trounced them. Trounced them. All right, enough about football. I don't know if anybody gives a shit about football. What's up, man? What's new? Um, it's a new year, so that's new. So I gotta have to start remembering to write twenty twenty three. Anytime I write the date, it's gonna be difficult for a little while. I don't have to write the date that often anymore, though. Well, maybe not so difficult for you then. Yeah, I'm barely ever writing the date. So I told you after I got sick um, after Thanksgiving, I stopped drinking coffee. That's not entirely true. I've been drinking a little bit. But in the morning, like, I've been drinking tea. And this is not even caffeine tea. It's herbal tea. Um, but it's like a minty tea. Mm. And I like it, Yeah, man. mint mint flavoring is, is delightful. Mm. I, do, I, I like herbal teas, too. Yeah? Yeah. Big fan. I got some coffee here. Yeah. Good old-fashioned black coffee, the way men drink it. Mm. Good old-fashioned American men. Good old-fashioned American black coffee. Yes, indeed. Doing that because uh starting keto today. Oh, shit. Is this your resolution? I mean, not really. It's just I mean, like a the, good time to start, you know? The timing of the resolution seems suspicious if it's not a resolution. I mean, I, I just think that re- New Year's resolutions are kind of gay, and like, if you want to do something, then just like do it. But it was just like, like I said, timing wise, it was just like, all right, that's a good day to start, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Got to pick a day. Yeah, exactly. And I was ready. I was actually ready to start before that. I've got, I got several areas. I mean, I guess you could call them resolutions, but I just don't think that there's any significance to it being the beginning of the year. Yeah. It's just like timing. Symbolic. You know? Yeah. Uh, anybody doing it with you? Is he just going to be no, all on just, your own? Well, I think Colin is doing keto. Okay. But uh, the rest of the stuff is just all me. Yeah, know? well, I wish you all of the best discipline. And every time you I are, feel very are tempted... Smack I, myself I in hope, the balls. I hope you have the strength to say, fuck off. That's what I'm going to do. I just developed my own plan. Smack yourself in the yeah, balls. <laughs> Anytime I want a donut, I'm just going to yeah. give myself a tapper. Yeah, I like it. I think I like that'll that work. Idea. Yep. All right, so I've been watching uh, in the morning when the kids come down. Um, I'll put cartoons on, um, turn the news off, put the cartoons on. And, the, you know, the kids these days, their cartoons are terrible. And they don't even want to watch TV, really. They just want to watch YouTube videos. And that's, for me, even worse. It's so worse. So so worse. So I put on um, Boomerang, and sometimes it'll be like old Scooby-Doo or old Tom and Jerry or old Looney Tunes. And I like that. And I kind of want them to like that. So I'll put that on. They don't, though, do they? They like Tom and Jerry, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. But not more. They prefer their, like, you know, modern... Cartoons, the bullshit cartoons. 150%. Yeah. I think that there's some kind of like programming going on there, man. They're, they've got some kind of science going on where the kids are just like sucked in now, you know? Yeah. They can't escape it. Well, they don't watch cartoons on the tablets, man. They watch, they watch kids, but oftentimes adults, playing with toys. Yeah. Like kids. Making little voices and playing weird. with... It's really weird, man. They would rather watch that than a cartoon. 
I don't necessarily mean that it's weird for kids to want to watch that. I think it's weird that there are adults making content of themselves playing with toys for kids to watch on YouTube. And they're making lots of money, I think, some of them. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the driving motivation. I think you're probably right. I'm going to start buying toys. (laughs) Oh, shit. Matt's got a bunch of toys. Matt, start playing with your toys on YouTube, dude. You should start raking in the ad revenue. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Matt, if you're listening, which you are. He'd be good at that shit, too. He would be, yeah. Absolutely. You could... You could pose them like, you know, he poses his toys. Dude, I want to cut. If you blow up, because I, I want to cut. It was, was, it was Kyle's that idea. Was my idea. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, though, I think Matt would, would be good at that. Yeah. Well, the reason and I, I, ju- I just said the people who did that are weird. Now I'm like, I, I think Matt should do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, the, re- the reason I bring up the boomerang and the cartoons is because um, I've seen over and over and over again a commercial which is a public service type of commercial mm-hmm. telling kids to get the COVID vaccine. Oh, God. Starring Elmo and the Sesame Street cast. And when I when it comes on, I mute it because I don't want my kids to hear Fucking it. Fucking Because it's the, most manipula- call, it's the most manipulative shit I've ever seen. Elmo has got a little Band-Aid on his sh- shoulder, mm-hmm. and the other puppet is telling him how much of a hero he is. A hero yeah. for, for, for getting the vaccine. And that... Um, what else did he say? Oh, he said that it's the best way to protect yourself and others. So I was just completely flabbergasted. You know, it's it's uh, PBS, so this is, you know, our tax dollars funding funding this shit. Mm-hmm. That's what Sesame Street is, right? And uh, we are, we the science has already changed on the on the notion, and it seems to be pretty well accepted that you're not stopping the transmission by getting the vaccine. So you're not protecting others. Mm-hmm. You might be protecting yourself if the vaccine works, but, you know. You also might be giving yourself myocarditis and killing yourself. You might, yeah, so. yeah, it could be that. Um, yeah, PBS. And fucking Elmo tells my kids that, that that they will be heroes if they do it. Yeah. And my kids are young and impressionable. Well, look at how many things... They, they use that tactic for a lot of things. You know, it's like, do this and you're going to be a hero. Do this and you're going to be like an upstanding member of the community. You're going to be an ally, you mm, know? Yeah. They do that kind of shit all the time. It reminds me of Captain Planet when we were kids. Yeah, he's I, the hero. I love Captain Planet. Going to bring pollution down to zero. Yeah, exactly. But that was some... Uh, that, was, that was a pretty gay show when yeah. you think back about <laughs> yeah. it now. Yeah, but it was, it was some kind of indoctrination going on for, uh, the you know, the climate agenda. Fucking... I think, now that I think about it, Captain Planet had a green mullet. I'm pretty sure Captain Planet was a lesbian or non-binary or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, he, he was the first trans card. He the OG. Yep. Damn. Damn. How did I miss that? Uh, well, you know, so when I saw that cartoon, or the commercial, rather, with Elmo, um, I was thinking... That's, that's creepy, dude. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about, I think when we were kids, they were still commercials for uh, cigarettes, I'm pretty sure. That changed. I don't ever remember commercials for cigarettes, but I mean, I it could be might wrong. might have changed before, but I, I seem to remember. Any, the, the reason I bring it up is because I remember the Joe Camel stuff that was go, that was being talked about at the time. Yeah. Like, you can't advertise cigarettes with a cartoon camel because yeah. clearly you're direct, that's being directed at children. I remember you know? that, too. I remember that being more about, like, billboard ads and I think newspaper ads. But it could have been about... I just don't... I, I do not... Like, racking my brain, I don't remember ever seeing a... a a cigarette commercial 
That's yeah. like it's crazy to even think about the yeah. cigarette commercial. Isn't it? Which is fucking crazy. I mean, I'm not a fan of smoking. I think that smoking is retarded. I, honestly, like, if you smoke, I think you're retarded. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I mean, Pfizer has commercials, you know? That's a great point. Uh, and a lot of that shit, who fucking knows what it, you know, ostensibly it's good for you. It's medicine. Mm. But the opioid, look at the opioid pandemic. I mean, it's advertised that shit. Dude, I really don't know if they do advertise that kind of shit on on commercials though, like pain medication. Do they do that? I haven't seen I haven't seen one in a while, but like maybe opioids. they do. Maybe they stop doing that after. Yeah, it's it's a bad look. <laughs> yeah. They definitely fucking should stop doing that if they ever did. <clears throat> I just think it's uh, I just think it's interesting that um, that laws were made to prevent the cigarette companies from advertising with cartoons, and then. Elmo can go on there and, t- and tell my kid that they're a hero if they get the vaccine. Yeah. I mean... What in the fuck, man? I, I see where you're coming from because I'm um, A-N-T-I-V-A-X. Uh, but I think that somebody who is not, they see a cancer-causing, terrible cigarette and... You know, like what it says in the commercial. That's what they think. They're fucking brainwashed, man. These mm. people are. That that's the thing. I was when you were talking about the that commercial. I was thinking it's weird seeing, like the public shift with COVID and the the vaccine. You know, like everyone was terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was locked down and supporting the lockdown. Eventually, it started to slip, and now the general attitude of like everyday people nobody's wearing masks you you get like a weirdo here and there who's wearing a mask nobody seems to really care about it that much anymore Mm -hmm. um but they're still like you know the powers that be the media the politicians they're all still acting like we give a fuck about it yeah it's weird man well, they don't want to let go of that until they have something else. Yeah, you yeah know? they got to keep the thumb on until yeah. mm-hmm. they can put the other thumb on. Yep. Which, I mean, I feel like they've been trying to do, you know, like the Ukraine thing. Um, I don't, just, maybe that hasn't been working as well as they want it to, but it seems like it's working pretty well to me. Yeah, we could talk about that. That's interesting. The That shit was ridiculous. When Zelensky came. Yeah, oh God. Fuck that guy. fuck Volodymyr Zelensky that guy is a a crisis actor like he's he can't he comes over here in his military green you know olive drab fucking it's like a I'm trying to think of some like popular brand it's like a North Face (laughs) it's I mean it's he's dressed like this military leader he's a fucking comedian by trade he told jokes and was like an actor yeah he's a bitch um, uh, and he comes over here wearing his military garb, trying to like fool people. And this guy, he's this is, this you know, is George S. Patton right here. You know, my my take on that is like fucking when he when ugh. he when he did that um, in the early days of the war of the war, um, it, it the impression it left for everybody was this guy is in the the shit, and he can't he can't fuck around and like put on a suit. He's in the yeah, shit. It's so fucking stupid. But but it came across genuine in the beginning, and like the focus groups were like Zelensky, you got to keep you got to keep wearing that shit. People love it. You got to keep wearing that shit. Because yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like early in the conflict, I, I mean, I 
I saw through this all from the beginning, just to be fair. Go back and listen to the podcast. I've seen through all of this from the beginning. But, you know, he had, like, a couple of good lines. He was like, during the very beginning, he was like, I don't need a ride. I need ammo or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was good. That's, yeah. like, a good PR line. Fuck yeah. But, um... That's a good yeah. Vin Diesel line. When you get on a private plane and fly across an ocean to go visit another head of state, yeah. you have time to put a fucking suit on, Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put a suit on that fucking plane and change on the on the flight over. Mm. So fucking stupid. Uh, that whole thing was so irritating. If I was like, you know, supreme monarch of a country, I have all the power, you know? And, you know, there's like a Senate and stuff like that. But And, you know, maybe they do have some kind of power, but really I've got the fucking power. Mm. If somebody came over and two people from my Senate uh, like hung their flag in our like governing i would kill those people probably all three of them um you're you don't come and like hang your this is america you're not hanging the ukrainian flag here that's like disrespectful he gave it as a gift though to be fair yeah no i don't that's not how i see it yeah but there's a lot of people that did that did use that word disrespectful um and i think it's you could see you could say that it's sort of silly because we're talking about what he was wearing but it's it's a small thing that he he absolutely had time to consider. It was it was planned. For sure. And there are people that genuinely say, you know, you're going to go out and up in front of Congress. You're going to go up in front of the President of the United States. Um, you should you should dress for it. You know, it's like real fucking simple, man. It, sh- it it does show respect. I think we can pretty much all agree on that. But I still think that he thought he was he was listening to the focus groups. He wanted to keep wearing his. Uh, Fatigues or whatever the fuck he was wearing. It's, uh, and I can't and, and I and I will say any of it. He the purpose of the trip. I mean, th- this was right Begging. before we had to vote on. Um, well, we didn't vote it, but they had, they had to vote uh, on the um, government spending bill, and there was forty what forty billion more dollars in Ukraine aid that was in it. So he shows up right before that to. to Please, it, sir. It was it was like a pep rally. Yeah, it was like a pep rally. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. I look at it more of like the, like I was saying, just like begging hands out, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he, it was like a pep rally, but it was a pep rally that's purpose was begging. Yes. Yeah. It's gross, dude. To garner support. Yeah. I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again right now. I do not care what happens in Ukraine. I don't want Ukrainian people to die. I I don't have any grudge against Ukrainian people or the nation of you. That might be pushing it a little bit. I think the nation of Ukraine, the state of Ukraine, I have a problem with them. Um, I mean, just history. Like, the government that's in place in Ukraine now was overthrown by the CIA. That's, like, Mm. not really... Controversial? No, that's that's what happened. Mm, yeah, the the Ukrainian people elected people who were very pro Russian government, and we overthrew them, and we put this fucking midget in mm. this fucking midget larping larping fucking bitch loser Zelensky. Uh, I can't. I I just can't stand any of what's going on over there. I fucking hate them all. Um, I shouldn't say hate, but I don't. I don't like them. Yeah. I wouldn't be sad at all if terrible, terrible things happened to them. So you see. Our support of uh, Ukraine is um, like, uh, what's the word? Um, I'm not firing all cylinders this morning, man. Treachery? Uh, like, um, 
like a like a puppet government proxy war type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I see <coughs> honestly, I see most of what's going on in the Ukraine as a way to fuck with Russia to try to do the same thing in Russia. Mm. And also, it's a money laundering thing. You know, they're just like dumping money over there. That's true. Paying tons of, you know. I don't. I don't understand. Like, I don't. I'm. I'm probably naive, I guess, but I don't see Russia as a threat of a particular threat. It's to, not about to, them being a threat. If you're talking about why we're trying to fuck with Russia. Yeah. It's not about them being a threat. Um, at, at least a threat in the sense of. Like a military, like a traditional threat. They're not right. to us. Which is why I'm saying, why the fuck are we in Ukraine? It's a good question. Who cares? So that, that Alexander Dugan fella um, was saying that... Uh, interesting. In- interesting, yeah. He was saying that that this conflict is about Russia's ability to... To take the country in the direction that they want to take it yep. and to represent the values that they want to represent. That is exactly what I see. Against this conglomeration of liberal... The West. Of, the, of, the progressive liberal West. The progressive West. West. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, I, I'm sorry. That's why I am kind of on Russia's side, to yeah. be honest with you. I don't... Again, I don't think that Vladimir Putin is a good guy, you know... Uh, I don't want to be friends with him, although maybe I do. I don't. He seems like he could be fun to hang out with, Putin, you know? Oh, my. Can you some, imagine? Some crazy things are happening, you know? Yeah. But anyways. Can you imagine beating him in poker? No, I wouldn't. I would <laughs> If I had, like, what's the highest card or the hand you can get, like, a straight flush or royal, royal flush, flush yeah. I'd fold, dude. I'd nope. Like, nope. Nope. You ever see that movie um, Rounders with Matt? I almost said Matt Hardy, Matt Damon, and uh, Edward Norton. Great poker yeah. movie. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, what's his name? John Malkovich plays this Russian like mobster guy. Oh, yeah. Who's, I mean, basically Putin. John you know? Malkovich is yeah. Teddy KGB was his name in the movie. Teddy He's KGB a good movie man. I'm gonna have to uh, watch that again. Um, but yeah, no, that is I I haven't heard Dugan say that, but that's exactly how I see it. Um, I don't agree necessarily with all of the values that they want to uphold, but I actually do agree with a lot of them. Um, but I think that Russia has the right to not be a part of this progressive, liberal, Western religion that we have. And if I, they don't want to, they don't have to. See, and I, I agree with you on that, but then I have to ask, what does Ukraine have to do with that? Just do your own thing and get the fuck out of Ukraine. Like, why? Because Ukraine... Because of the overthrown government in Ukraine that is was established to fuck with Russia, but did did they like? What do you mean? I don't. They I, I haven't heard any evidence of Ukraine um, fucking with Russia or instigating this. You don't think that the next door neighbor to Russia being completely friendly to a hostile country <coughs> is fucking with them, being like, "Yeah, come on in, come on, it's fine." No problem. Yeah, but it, but if they're on their sovereign borders, they could do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I agree with you that. Know? They can, and Russia can be like, no. <sighs> yeah, I mean, okay, maybe you have a moral problem with that. Yeah, but that's how the world works. I have a moral problem with it. Fine, have a have have a moral that's... problem with it. But that's the way the world works. <laughs> if America, if if it was Mexico and Russia, America would do the same thing. And I honestly don't even being a person who lives in America. 
I don't even really have a problem with that. If China was like trying to invade, I don't, I'm, try, I'm trying to pick some, well, somewhere say, Canada because it's closer to me. I would have a problem. I'd be like, yeah, do something about that. Make it harder for them in some way. Don't just, and I would be saying this to Canada. Don't invite, yeah, if Canada invites them in, yeah, I've got a problem with you now, Canada. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Can, can you imagine a scenario where, let's say China is doing in Mexico what they're doing in, in Africa. Let's say they go yeah. in and they buy up as much land Nation as they building. can. And they buy all the mines and they buy all the industrial equipment and factories. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, even though they haven't invaded, they, they, they have everything. a huge presence. And maybe they start um, extracting resources. And maybe they start building factories that make military equipment. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's Chinese missiles you know, and tanks that are being built n- not far from our border. The libertarian in me says, well, I, I, I'm under, already out. I understand you, that might that might be a frightening thing. I understand that you might want to take some uh, defensive actions, but should the United States start bombing Mexico at that point? I didn't say anything about bombing them. Well, that's what that's what Russia's doing in Ukraine. Yeah, well, but it's a different scenario. I mean, you know, uh, I think that ideally, we having much more power than Russia would be able to do other things to prevent that from happening. Mm. But Russia, being Russia, um, being a country that it's taken them this long, and they're still not even done conquering uh, basically a third world country. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I just don't think... I think that America would be able to do something before bombing to, to prevent that. But if it came to it, if somebody's going to bomb me, if somebody's going to, let's just like take it to the, the individual. If I, if I have a gun and someone else has a gun and they're threatening to shoot me, I'm going to shoot them and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yep. Um, and I think that that's like the right thing to do. You think that's the equivalent situation? Yes. Yes. I think that America f- from the beginning of NATO has been saying not an inch to the east and Ever since that, like since the minute after they said that, they've been encroaching east and east and east and east. And then they over, and then Ukraine, the country that this is all about, <laughs> democratically elects a pro-Russian government, mm. and we overthrow that fucking government. Would you feel comfortable? Would you be like, man, no, no it's it's no big deal. No, but but the but the people that should be upset about that are the Ukrainians, not the Russians. Like if, if the United States came in no, I don't and, and, o- and overthrew the be, government and the put, in, and put in a puppet, the Ukrainians should be, what the fuck? Sure. What the fuck is the United States doing? That's what they... Absolutely. That's, they should be pissed. They, 30 years from now, they probably will because that's what happens. <clears throat> Boy. Like you look at all these Middle Eastern countries that fucking hate us. We've been doing this shit to them for decades. And now we're doing it in Eastern Europe. I, like, I can almost promise you that in 10, 20 years, Ukraine is going to hate us. Do you think? I, I bet you a lot of them do. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean. Do, do you think that the Afghanis hate the Russians like they hate us? I think that they probably hate us more because it was more recent. Yeah. Yeah. But the Russians were there for like 12 years. Or that, maybe yeah. it was longer. I don't know. Not remember. as long as us. Yeah, not, not as, as long as, as us. No. No. Yeah, or, I don't. It's kind of a weird situation with this whole Zelensky thing because if you believe what uh, Alexander Dugan said about this whole thing 
and that Russia is fighting for their sovereignty, basically. Um, if you believe that. How can you not believe? I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, it's, it, as a conservative in this country, you would. There's reasons to support Russia in this uh, in this debate mm-hmm. as a conservative. There's re- there's reasons to side with Russia, but at the same time, you, all of the conserv not all of them, but you know what I mean. There's this large chunk of conservatives in this country that hear we're going to preserve freedom and liberty in that country, yep. and they're like, oh, yeehaw! No, you know, those people are all. How do I say this judiciously? Um, those people are all either working, they're they're making money for, or they're working for the people who are making money from all of this Ukraine stuff, or they're fucking retarded. You know, um, or yeah, that that's basically it. I was gonna say, or they like, you know, need like they want that patriotism rah rah boost in their their you know the polls, but that's basically just retarded. That's that that falls into the fucking retarded category. I have a, I have a change of subject unless you want to. No. So, you know how like we'll talk politics and it. I'm pretty hard on the left, especially the crazy ones that exist today because they're not who they used to be. Yeah. Uh, there's no such thing as a classical liberal anymore, and it's very very sad and also very very scary because we need we need liberals, and they don't exist anymore. <coughs> But one of the things that they tell us, uh, of, you know, particularly on the left, particularly during this whole COVID thing, was that we had to trust the science and follow the science, and we, we heard that all, all the time. We also hear from those same people how much systemic racism exists and uh, all this there's just, um, hypocrisy that I like to point out when I can. And one of the things that I remember, it might have even been Neil deGrasse actually talking about this on Rogan. Ooh, I, don't ta- not, I don't understand how you paid attention long this enough was, to... This was one of the early ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was talking about race. And he said that that is not a scientific idea. That mm. when we talk about race... It seems like kind of contrary to what he's talking it? about now. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. He said when we talk about race, there's only one race, the human race. And anybody who okay. ta- anybody who uses the word race to mean ethnicity or something like that, that's like a, that's like a, a turn of the century idea that has been disproven. Like once we got into genetic science and we figured out that there really that there really is no uh, difference uh, between somebody from Africa or somebody from Ireland or whatever. Like, that's not true, though. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, we, we're one species and one and one race. There, there is no such thing as race. There is, scientifically, it's been it's been disproven that there is no such thing as race. I, I don't even same, know that I necessarily agree with that, but we can go with it for the time being. Yeah. Okay. Um, What's well, like you know like in the, like the old anthropologists would do things like measure skulls, mm-hmm. you know, cranial sh- skulls, sh- uh, dimensions, and you know they had all kinds of science, quote unquote science, behind the differences between races, but. The truth is, where do you draw the line? You know, there's there's no way of of drawing a line between races. There's really no way. It's it's gradations, you know, and we're all on a spectrum, and we're and it's and there's one human race. Period. This is this anyways was Neil's argument, I believe, uh, that he was making way back when. But these are the same people, these lefties um, that uh, that are telling us um, to follow the science and that uh, the science is settled and all that sort of shit. Those are the same people harping on race constantly. 
the same people who don't believe race exists, it's not a scientific concept, continue to shove it down our throats that we need to be, always be conscious of race. And I just think that is some hypocrisy that needs to be pointed out. Yeah, within their own, you know, ideology, it is pretty hypocritical. Yep. But, I mean, hypocritical is part of their ideology. It's weird. They don't care about being hypocritical. They will say whatever they have to in the moment to come out on top of whatever. It's true. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid and I didn't know anything about politics, they would they would call those people flip-floppers, mm. and then nobody would ever take them seriously again. When we were kids in the 90s, if you changed your opinion on something, gay marriage or supporting of a, a war or whatever it is, if you switched your opinion on it, no one would ever take you seriously again. You're a flip-flopper. You don't have principles. You just go whichever way the wind blows, and it would ruin you politically. And today, on the left, par for the course, man. I would like to know how true that actually is. You know, I know that that's like the common, you know, that a lot of people say that and believe that. Uh, but I would like to know how many cases were there back in the day of somebody flip-flopping and then their career was ruined, you yeah. know? Well, I don't actually know the statistics there. Yeah. Um, but I know that they called Mitt Romney when he ran for president of flip-flopper, and yeah. he made it all the way to be the candidate for the highest office in, yeah. the, in the land. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking old. I'm going even before, before that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, even before that. Um, I don't think that it happened often. You know? Flip-flopping? Yeah. You know, I don't think that happened often because Maybe be, not. because of know. because of the stigma against it, you know, that you don't stick to your principles. We can't be seen to, you know, not stick to our principles. Yeah. But no one seems to care about that anymore. Unless you're conservative, in which case you gotta you know, you can't You think the conservatives care about sticking to their principles? No, I think they're held to account if they don't. Oh, I see. But the left isn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um It's weird. And I just don't understand why, um, why liberals don't hold them to account themselves. It's like, look, you, so you're representing us, and we need you to fucking stick to your guns. We we need to know what it is you believe. You can't you can't you know change your mind. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fair to me as your constituent. Well, I think that a lot of these people, these liberals who should be criticizing these people, they don't pay attention. The only places they get their information from is liberal news media who are not going to point those things out. Mm. And they would rather die than watch Fox, who will point it out. Yeah, that's right. Um, and anything that's said on Fox, even if, even if it... It's fake. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's false. Yeah, it can't. They could say, you know, north is up on the map. And you're looking at, at a map, up is north. And they're like, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, Jesus, man. Yeah, so I think that that is the reason that the populace isn't, like, holding... I I think that they literally don't know. You know, like, when a conservative person says, you know, AOC is a hypocrite, they're like, no, she's, you know, no, she's not. I've never heard her say anything hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really do. I think that that's basically what it boils down to. Yeah. These fucking people, man. It's crazy. Not a care in the world. It's crazy. About the people who are governing them. Yeah, people, people care more about being on a team and feeling like they belong, which I understand. That's a deep human need. But, but, they're, but they're willing to demonize and uh, in ways that we've never seen, you know, in our lifetime, certainly. Demonize the other side, you know? Like, we're not even people. Yeah. Um, and I don't even identify as a conservative, you know? 
but I, but I, I, I definitely f- support the underdog. I definitely, usually, I def, I definitely feel like a, a need to defend, um, values and and uh, you know, I guess values that um, that aren't being defended, and it's like um, loving America. It's kind of a cliche thing, but just I don't even know. You're good. I don't even know if like love is the right word, but when I was a kid, that was a common thing to hear. You love your country, you love America, yeah. And it's still common on on country music. You know, you can still you still hear people say that language. It's even waning there. Yeah, you got a lot of really retarded, you know, like liberal country people. There's so much there's so much self hating going on that I, that I don't understand. We you know, it's like if if you're white. You need you need to hate yourself a little bit, yeah. and if you and if you're American, you need to hate yourself a little bit. And I just don't understand that, man. Not only that, not only if you're white or if you're American, you have to hate yourself. But if you say I don't, you're a like the worst person possible. You're <coughs> you're it's so, it's so fucking crazy that to be a racist now, you don't have to say I hate this group of people. You all you have to say is I don't hate myself, and then you're a racist. Which is unbelievable, fucking crazy. That's like some Orwellian, you know, like mind alteration over the course of time. You know, yeah, it's, it's just making white people hate themselves. It seems it seems very self destructive. But man. you know what? That shit doesn't work on me. I fucking <laughs> love myself. I love. This is a true statement. Yeah. I love white people. Yeah, I'm I'm most comfortable around white people. I'm not uncomfortable around people of other races. But like like the high school lunch, you know, the mm-hmm. cafeteria. Mm-hmm. They all just fall into those groups, you know. There's there's intermingling. There's something, but for the most part, yeah, you know, I think, I think that statement is true of anybody of any race. To say yeah. I'm more comfortable if I'm black, I'm more comfortable around black people. If yeah. I'm Asian, let's say I'm more comfortable around, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings either. If so, if you know, um, yeah, the, I, the, I don't know the, anyone. The, the, the same thing along gender lines too. Right, if you got no, a, I prefer that women hang out by themselves. That's like that is ideal. I know. I you, you know what I mean, though. I do know what um, you mean. If, I'm just if, saying. if there was a big group of boys and girls of of mixed uh, ethnicities, the boys generally prefer to hang out with each other, and the girls generally pretend to, prefer to hang out with each other. Um, you know, is that discriminatory? You know, sure, sure it is. You know. But nobody, nobody talks about that. I'm a discriminatory person. I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. It's one thing Jordan Peterson says, which I like a lot. He said, uh, "That's the one thing that you like that Jordan Peterson says? on this topic. On this topic, he says uh, that um, people use the word discrimination as though it is um, a bad word. And he's like, "Are you kidding? It's like we we must discriminate." If you have a choice between food and poison, what are you going to do? Not discriminate? No, you know? Equal. Like, Equality. Making decisions, making choices is discrimination. And it happens a bazillion times a day in every single one of our lives. And we have no choice but to do it. Mm-hmm. But you pick out one particular area and say, no, you can't discriminate this way or you're, you know, you're a bad person. We must discriminate. Yep. We, must, we must pick the wheat from the chaff. We must. If we don't, we're all, we're, you know, evolution. What are we doing? Like, what is what is a life absent of discrimination look like? Just 
laying in your bed constantly. But even that, it's like I'm choosing to lay in my bed. I'm discriminating. Exactly. I could get up, but I'm discriminating against getting up. Mm. It's like discrimination is life. It's like if, uh, if we stop discriminating, then we stop making choices. Yep. And then, then how do we get by? Someone has to make our choices for us, Kyle. Yeah. Daddy has to tell us. And I think that's I think that's a little bit conspiratorial, but I think ultimately there's legitimacy to that being some sort of end game. If we can't think for ourselves anymore, we just become more and more dependent on the government, right? Mm-hmm. To make our choices. That's that doesn't seem conspiratorial to me. That seems obvious. I was talking to this, this guy on Twitter. Uh, I'm just going to insert this before I forget. Sorry. I was talking to this guy on Twitter who said. Uh, he, he well he was he's a nice guy. He was talking about universal basic income and was talking about how that idea was something that appealed to him. And yeah. I was and my just my eyes got as big as saucers and I'm like, dude. I'm like, look, here's all the reasons why I don't think this is a good idea. And he was like, yeah, but you know, it's still a good idea. It's going to solve the poverty problem. And I'm like, this is what I said to him. I said, can you imagine if the government starts giving everybody a, a UBI? And you become dependent on that money for your livelihood, for, taking, for feeding your kids. You become dependent on that money. And then the government says to you, you didn't get your vaccine? No more. No more UBI. Then what? It's like, you, you, yeah, you want free money. That seems like a great idea. But do you want to give the government that kind of control and power over you? You want to be dependent on them for your food and your medicine and the heat in the winter? It's like the... Act- it's like the exact opposite of what I want. I want to slowly, and this is this has become the thing that has become more and more clear to me over the like the last I don't know year or two years. Just cut ties with anything that they can manipulate you with, and that's going to mean like some serious um, changes to your life. Sure. Some, some very convenient things for you might be gone because of that, mm. but you will be better in the long run. Uh, And that's what I'm working towards. That's my goal. I love that. Uh, Absolutely, man. Um, I think you brought up Twitter. And uh, just to go back to the Zelensky thing, when that him visiting and his fucking fatigues happened, I put something on there, uh, some tweet about basically everything I said. And I said, they want you to think he just came from the battlefield. He didn't. He came straight from the gay bar. Um, And some guy on Twitter who I've had some interactions with, and you he follows you, too. Oh. He's like a, a, one of those mystical guys. You know? Oh, yeah. He's a gay fella from Spain, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who that yeah, is? Yeah, I do. He, yeah. he got mad at me for that and unfollowed me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. Yeah, but, he is, but he's a nice guy and, and defended me when nobody else did on Twitter, so I, I can't say much about him, but... He's... I mean, he, he does seem like a nice guy. I've yeah. had many, I've had interactions with him. He seems like a nice guy, but he's, yeah. he's a little soft. A little, little soft. Yeah. Not that that's yeah. much of a surprise, but. Yeah, know. I don't know. Is, do you think that in Europe, people are more soft? In uh, Western Europe, anyway? In the rich places? I would have to assume that, like, percentages, yeah. The, just, like, like if you could quantify that, I would say yes. You think they're getting their feelings hurt easier than we are over here? They get, are, we have, you know, they have. Yeah. Thinner skin? Is that, is that no? It's we have thicker skin. I never heard anybody say they have thinner skin. Really? Yeah, I have. Oh, you never okay. said, heard someone say you're thin-skinned? No. Really? No, never. Yeah, for sure. People <laughs> say that. Um, yeah, I, I have. I assume that they probably are, but 
maybe that's just like my American pride, my machismo, mm. you know. I uh, had another chat with Daniel. We had another did another podcast together. Uh, is he in the UK or is yeah. he in Australia? Oh, he's back yeah, in the UK. He's right in the UK now. for a little while. Uh, but he's, he's headed back, right? Yeah. Yes. He's in the process of, you know, like selling off all the stuff because what are you gonna do? Ship all your shit to to Australia? I mean that's a what are you you're gonna ship your bed? You might as well buy one in Australia, man. Hey, man. He's just he's just gonna sell all of his stuff and so he's working on that. <coughs> we had a nice chat. Um I just like talking to that guy, man. Was this a private chat or no? We no, yeah, yeah. yeah, we did it on the podcast. Nice. We're gonna do. We'll do it. We'll do some more. He's got some other topics. Uh, uh, well, like he was talking about meditating on the. Uh, I think it's from, was it from John where where Jesus says, uh, "I'm the way, the truth, and the in the life." I think so. So he's been meditating on that for a while, thinking about what that means, the truth, because. Um, because you know Daniel was a Jehovah's Witness, and if you're a Jehovah's Witness, and I didn't know this until I talked to him, but if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you know that they refer to their religion as the truth. It's like you know the Ohio State University; their religion is the truth, and uh, they call their governing body the truth. And w- when they tell the Jehovah's Witnesses what they should believe, coming from the governing body, the truth. So it's like a tagline for them. And uh, he's got, like, a lot of reasons to disagree, you know? Uh, the Jehovah Witness Church fucked him up and fucked up his family and, you know, multi-generations, uh, you know, just... He has got nothing good yeah, to dude, say they, about they it. They make action movies where Daniel Torridon would, like, take out the Jehovah's Witnesses. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vin Diesel, <laughs> the Jehovah's Witnesses steal his family from him, and he just fucking erases... Oh man! You know the Watchtower ta- or whatever ta- it's called, Taken Four, starring yeah, Daniel Torridge. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's got a very particular set of skills. Oh, that yeah, I like that. Yeah, dude. Um, so anyway, I, I'll save that for the for the next podcast that I do with Daniel. But I, I transitioned to the religion topic because I started watching during the Christmas season a whole bunch of Bible documentaries. I just watched a shit ton of Jesus in Bible documentaries. Yeah, one of them. I'm glad you brought this up because I've got a, a, a theory. Oh. I don't know too much about it. I just kind of uncovered it. So, well, go ahead. I no, no, no. You you go first. Well, um, one of them I was I watched is called the God Code. The and God Code. The God Code. Right. It's on the, on the History Channel. It's not a, a new topic. You know, it's about the Bible Code. And if, for those people who've never heard of it, um, the idea is if you put algorithmically if you search letters in the bible um you will find patterns that appear in the scriptures that are basically hidden messages hidden codes and there are mystical people and and uh, religious people that are that buy into it wholeheartedly and say that god has programmed in these secret messages in the holy uh, holy book so that when we're advanced enough to find the messages we're going to be able to no problem we're going to be able to receive yeah receive all the answers and you know it's it's not dissimilar from like the nostradamus stuff right it's like if you search the bible for 9 11 right or twin towers or something if you search that there's going to be i i probably have to explain this when i say that algorithmically they're looking through the the text of the bible um they talk about these what they call them skip counting so it's like every 16th letter, if you take every 16th letter um, from a particular scripture, there'll be a message in it, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. It's like, what are the odds? And, uh, you know, there are people that say, that poo-poo it and say, you know, 
it's nonsense. It's random. You can find that kind of information in any book of similar size. If you got the complete works of Shakespeare and you went through it, you would be able to find messages in Shakespeare and that kind of thing. Um, and I want to circle back to that, but this Bible code shit is kind of interesting. Okay. A- and this one, he said in Genesis, I'll tell you this one. There is a, from chapter 30, verses 20 to 24, there is a cross in the uh, scripture um, that if you just read the letters in the cross um, down and to the right or whatever, however they do that, um, it says in Hebrew, God first and last in the shape of a cross. That's weird uh, because course in the other places in the bible uh god is referred to as the alpha and omega the beginning and the end so here in genesis you have a shape of a cross which why would why would a cross be significant in the in the book of genesis right that's before long before christians existed long before jesus existed why would there be a message in the shape of a cross what that in any case if you do it uh skip counting from there um 16 letters skip counting there's another message in there that says father hidden in jesus so it says, God first and last, Father hidden in Jesus. And this is uh, in the book of Genesis, in a very particular area between verses 20 and 24. He, the documentary said that statistically, the likelihood of that happening is one in so many centillion. It's impossible. It's completely impossible. Completely improbable, I should say. Um, so before I go on, what do you think? I, there was probably a point in my life, and I'm not like poo-pooing this completely, maybe, you know? Yeah. But there was a point in my life where I dev would have been like, that's, that's fucking something for sure. <laughs> um, but now, I'm not saying it's not something, but I am just skeptical of things that are like, you got to look really hard to find this, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like, there's a part of me that's just like, I don't know. I feel like God makes the answers obvious. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he's hiding things in crosses. You know, maybe, though. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's just, like, another, like, um, so, like, the, a cherry on top. You know, you find it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah. People doing that kind of work probably wouldn't say, oh, fuck, but. If you're a Christian and you buy into the whole, the, the whole thing and you see this Oh, that's message. Deal. Father hidden in Jesus. You find that in Hebrew in the book of Genesis, you know, thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. That's a prophecy. For sure. And that's really compelling. Um, so I, I am skeptical. I'm still skeptical. Um, I, it's I interesting. It, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. All right, there's another one, though. In the same, in the same chapter, 30 of Genesis, um, this is later on in, in the uh, verse here. There is another message with a 16-letter skip pattern that says, The key to understanding, the manna is put to death by royal decree. So you can imagine... The manna? The manna. And he says, and this is from John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. And that word is manna. I am the bread of life that's manna. So So Jesus said, I am the manna that came down from heaven. And and it's put to death. Yep. And this and this thing says the manna is put to death by royal decree, so it's kind of interesting. 
and I, it was interesting enough for me to write it down to bring it up to talk to you about uh, on the podcast. Um, I'm still skeptical. Um, but that phrase is kind of long. The key to understanding the manna is put to death by royal decree. That's kind of a lot. And if you can imagine going through the Hebrew scriptures and and going every 16th letter and putting those letters down in, you know, in a row and coming up with that long sentence that makes that level of sense... Yeah. I mean, what in the fuck, man? I wonder, like, the person who did that the first time. Jesus, there's like a fruit yeah, fly or something yeah. coming at me. Um, the person who figured that out had to have been, like, a schizophrenic person, you know? Yeah. like, um, Or maybe it's all computers at this point. It but, is now, yeah. It is now. Um, yeah, that, that, that guy's got to be crazy. <laughs> Even the algorithm guy is probably crazy. But but to, but to get that kind of shit out of it is just pretty interesting. It is um, pretty interesting. But here's here's the uh, here's the thing I wanna I wanna run by you because this is a step deeper into the into the mist of Avalon. Okay, <laughs> you ready? All right. So you know how I said people say if you take any book of similar size, you know, like if you took Dostoevsky or whatever, mm-hmm. Crime and Punishment or the complete works of Shakespeare or something Crime like that. Crime and Punishment's not that big. It's not. No. Oh. Well, if you take a big book like that, yeah, um, you'll be able to find codes like this. You'll be able to find them in there. It's just random. But if you look for them and you stretch whatever you have to stretch, you'll be able to find interesting things like that. And here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, imagine that that argument doesn't diminish the Bible code at all. The fact that you could find the same sorts of messages in Shakespeare... People would use that argument to say it's bullshit because we could do it in Shakespeare. But imagine this. Imagine that every great work of human, every artistic creation, great work of art that humans create, subconsciously, we put codes in it. We don't even know. Like Shakespeare didn't even know, but he Mm -hmm. predicted the assassination of JFK in his, you know, in his... uh, Mm -hmm. And the same shit they're pulling out of the Bible, the fact that you can see it in Shakespeare and any other book, just means that human beings subliminally are always unloading our unconscious knowledge into our art. Could be. <laughs> can you imagine? That's crazy. That could be a movie. It could be. Um, I just wonder, like, how many, even in the Bible, you know, we've got, you've got the messages that you read and all the messages that are in there, but how many, like, goofy-ass messages could you find? Like, oh, sure. You know, spaghetti is actually anchovies. Yeah. Yeah, like, you could say that, yeah. say, say that yeah. somewhere in the Bible. That's just the first weird sentence that came yeah. to my mind. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure you could probably find that kind of weird shit, too. That would be, but that, that would be fun. Yeah, but that doesn't, it is, it's definitely still weird that that stuff is in there. It is weird, man. <laughs> Um, I don't necessarily know that it means anything, but I don't know that it doesn't either. Um, yeah, me either. I, I do have to assume that it doesn't mean... I, I have to assume that it doesn't mean anything that important, though. To be, to be perfectly honest with you, the fact that it's so deeply hidden, hmm. I, I just have to assume that it's not... I don't think you're going to find anything groundbreakingly revelatory in there or anything really, really important, yeah. you know? yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. If if there are these like m- mystical forces and things that are causing things like that to happen, um, I just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would code something seriously important 
that that's the kind of stuff no. we need to know, you know. And also, a lot of the, like I understand that it's it, it's prophecy that it's in there, but all of that stuff is comes later in the book, you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. spelled out pretty obviously. You're not getting any in new information yeah. from from this. The prophecy aspect is crazy though. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's weird. Um, I was. This is not the the thing that I thought about. This is another thing. Yeah. My mom told me that uh, she would actually buy us this book if we would like kind of go over it sure. on the podcast. Uh, so I told her I would listen to what the guy had to say and I turned the video on. So basically she tells me that it's this guy, Jonathan Khan, he's a messianic Jew, mm. um, Jewish rabbi. And she told me that it was like off to a bad start. Um, not necessarily. I was like, basically he's going to have to say a bunch of stuff completely contrary to the things that I'm expecting him to say. Yeah. Um, to to get me on board. And I start the video and immediately he says exactly the things that I'm expecting him to say. Basically, uh, basically, it seems to me like he is a Jewish person who, you know, is a Messianic Jew, I guess, yeah. um, that is trying to garner support of Christians for Israel. I mean, oh. yeah. And I just, no, not, not interested, not even a little bit. What was it about it? It, it that your mom was interested in. Well, the stuff. So the book that he wrote is not really like explicitly garnering support for Israel. Um, the book is about prophecy. It's about um, mm. basis. So he said he started saying something about there are there's this Jubilean calendar in um, Ju- Judaism. Yep. Uh, like every fifty years, there are these events that are supposed to happen. And he, like, goes through them and talks about how they did happen and how they are, like, I don't know. I I forget all of it. It is, you know, it's a lot of information. But the events happened on the, um, you know, every 50 years. And the person who would be this, like, like the central figure in the next Jubilee event was born on the last one. Oh. Um... And it is crazy. Like if if I'm taking everything he says completely honestly, mm-hmm. like I don't think that he's manipulating. Which I do suspect that there's some of that going on. Yeah. But um, if <clears throat> it is all honest, then it's pretty weird. Mm. One of them is like the first one that he talks about is there's something in the Bible where it says, and this is Old Testament, that mm. a stranger will come to Israel and see that it's like barren and desolate. And after that stranger comes, then the Jews will begin the process of taking back Israel. And he says that Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, visited Israel oh. and like basically wrote that exact, it's a it's, desolate wasteland. It's funny you say that, because you remember how I told you Netanyahu was on Jordan Peterson's podcast? Mm, he brought, I haven't listened to that yet. He brought that up. Yeah. He brought it up over and over and over again, that there were famous people who came to Israel um, and he brought up Sam, Samuel Clemens, I'm pretty sure, but there was an, uh, there were others. And the reason he brought it up is because they weren't they weren't Jews, they were foreigners, who, and they weren't Palestinians, so they didn't have a, a, a dog in the fight. And they went to the Holy Land and said it was a, it was a wasteland. It was it was a wasteland. It was there was nothing there. There was no you know there was no cities. There was no communities. It was sure. a desert. It was barren. Nothing was productive. I just nothing was green. What his point of that is what, what's your point? The, his, the point he was making is that the Jews made it. Green. The Jews made it made it uh, pr- productive, and yeah. because they did that, they have a claim to it. Yeah, they watered it with the blood of the Arabs who lived there. So, yeah, I guess that's true. They did. That cannot be denied. 
the Israeli people, the Jews who left Europe and went to Israel, um, basically, in, in my opinion, having no real claim to that land. Yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely built it up. They definitely industrialized it. But is that the most important thing in the world? Is that the thing that we should be... Do they get a pass for the terrible Kyle, things they did because of that? I do think they have a claim to the land. I don't. I do think they did terrible things. I do think the Arabs did terrible things. And I, I don't want to play a game of who did what first, who started it, because I don't know. But the, the Jews have a deep history in the Holy Land. We, yeah, we, they we, did. They did. And and up until, um, I mean, continuously, the, continuously, there are Arab Jews that live there. They, you know, they, they didn't... Yeah, I'm not they, saying kick those people they, out. They didn't go away. They've been there the whole time. There's Then there's fewer Jews, of course, because for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's still... All sorts of reasons. But there's still been Jews there the entire time. And, and at once upon a time... King David ruled that land. I don't understand the significance land. of the Jews who are still there versus the Jews who left and made their homes other places. Are they not, not allowed to come back? They're not allowed to go kill a bunch of people and displace them. No, that's no. not okay. Um, this is a real problem that I have with, I don't know, Jewish people. Jew, Jewish, uh, the attitude <clears throat> around Jewish people. Yeah, It's like... Everybody rakes America over the coals for doing what we did here when what the what the Israeli people did was way worse. Like a lot of what we did here was accidental. We brought disease. I'm sorry, we didn't mean to do that. Um not that's not a rate. We did a lot of like, you know, reprehensible yeah. stuff, but in context, it's not really that bad. Like you, they act like people act like the Native Americans over here were just living completely peacefully. They weren't battling each other at all. We yeah. came and we took their land. It's like, yeah, we took, you know, we took land from the Nez Perce, and the Nez Perce took that from the Iraq. I, I don't know the yeah. geography, but yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about right of conquest because that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, if if kind of, it's not at the end of the day, it's not really what I'm talking about, but but if it's if. Land is changing hands, and might makes right in that situation. Whoever's the whoever's got the biggest, you know, stick wins. Um, it, it, does that legitimize their occupation of uh, land? It legitimizes it in the fact that they have it. So if you can stop them from having it, yeah, you can stop them from having it. But them holding it doesn't mean that you have to agree with it or be okay with it or how they did it. It's like yeah, they have Israel. I'm not going to do anything about that. You know, nobody... Eventually someone might. Um, but right now, they have Israel. No, yeah. that's, that's how it is. That doesn't mean that I have to be like, yeah, they got it fairly. You know, they... Um, you know. Yeah, listen, I, I definitely don't know the history deeply enough. And uh, so I'm just, in a certain sense, talking out of my ass. But it seems to me that... The land of Israel was was given to the Jews post World War II by a consensus of the League of Nations or whoever it was at the time. And so, if the League of Nations decided that you had to give your house to Benjamin Netanyahu, you'd be cool with that? No, I wouldn't be cool with it. And I and I and I know that that they enforced that by sending soldiers to people's houses and saying, "Get your shit and get out." And, and, and worse things than that. And that's fucked. That's fucked. 
I agree with that. Um, however, at the time when the world was falling apart and was hanging on by a thread after the worst war the, the world's ever seen, mm. they the the leaders of the world decided that it was necessary to give the Jews a homeland. And why? I don't know the history enough, man. I guess because they were being they were they were being was, killed in the Holocaust, and they were no, being. It was political manipulation. For what? To what end? To if have it, their own land. Like, what are you talking? If you have this political group and you have aims, you know, you have goals. What do you the, to have your own country? That's the the goal. Right. A bunch of Jews living in Eastern Europe, let's say, that that are they're in all sorts of different countries. Mm-hmm. They speak different languages. The only thing they have in common is their religion. How are they convincing the world leaders to give them a piece of land? Which, by the way, at the time belonged to the British? It belonged to the British? You Have you have you listened to that Martyr Made podcast? Yeah, but it's been series? a long time. You yeah. should listen to it again. It was It was, all of it was political maneuvering. It wasn't... You know, Great Britain. Oh man, we feel so bad for these guys about the Holocaust. We got to give them a country. That, that's what it has nothing that, to do. That's with what it seemed like to me. Yeah, it's not how it went down. That is not how it went down. I think that's how a lot of people think that it went down. Mm-hmm. It's not. See, I, it's interesting, man. There's a lot of shit I don't know, dude. All of it from World War One all the way through to World War Two was is it's Theodore Herzl, it's uh, Heim Weizmann, it's all of these people. Who yep. are uh, David Ben Gurion? Uh, all of these people. It, it's polit. It, it's political jockeying. It's terrorism. Um, it's theocracy, which is. Yeah. It's theocracy. Yeah. And that's also that's also the form of government that the Arabs prefer in that part of the world. Dude, a lot of these Jews who are rise to power, they're not. They're not like super religious Jews, you know. Uh, some of them are. I'm sure some of them have been, um, but a lot of them are not. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of Jews will tell you that they're atheists. Yeah. But they, that's the weird thing, though. They're atheists, but they still consider themselves Jews, and not even just like culturally or racially. They still consider themselves Jews religiously. Yeah. Yeah. But they're atheists. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's extremely weird. Um, so I, I think that the solution long term is going to be uh, a reluctance to identify with the religion, and I, I, hate, I hate to like root for nationalism, but imagine uh, that I'm, I'm good with rooting for nationalism <laughs> at this point, like 100. Uh, percent Imagine that there was that Israel continues to grow and prosper and become wealthy, and um, people want to live there. You know, Arabs want to live there. And that's true today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it gets bigger and people start identifying with themselves as <clears throat> as Israeli and not as Jewish, right? Like, I belong to this country and I'm proud of it. And it's, it's, it's given me opportunity. And, uh, you know, I love it. And then people stop identifying so much with being Arab or Jew and instead are proud of being an Israeli, Israeli citizen, yeah. you know? That, that, that is ultimately the solution. That... Sounds good in theory. Israel, the Jews in Israel will never let that happen. Well, Netanyahu, never. 
I mean, I, so we, I don't know, again, I don't know anything here, but I remember hearing them talk about um, having, a, having a Palestinian state so that, you know, we'll give a piece of Israel or, or whatever to them so they can have their own country. And they've rejected that over and over and over again. They, the, the Palestinian whatever authority, whatever it is that, that controls the, I don't even know what the fucking proper word is, um, they have rejected those offers. And, you know, I don't know if they were shit offers. Maybe they were shit offers. I don't know. But that that bit, that Netanyahu has, has attempted on more, on more than one occasion to solve the problem by having two states, a two-state solution, and that the Arabs reject it over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have the information here in front of me, but I'm willing to bet that those offers, there's like, no, I'm good on that, you know? Like, there's something in there that's like, yeah, you're offering us all this, but no, no thank you, you know? Mm. It's like the uh, what we were talking about earlier with disconnecting yourself from the government. Stop giving them things to control you by. Why would the Arabs, who are fucking hated by the Jews, give them, and, and, and the other way around, you know, uh, but why would you give somebody, why would you just, like, offer yourself up for them to put the thumb on you? I wouldn't. I don't blame them for not. So you mean, you mean the, the idea that the Jews would be so gracious as to gift you a la- piece of land? Their strings. <clears throat> Their strings, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, and it's like, you're going to have your own government, but... Yada 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 yada. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, Dude, he, I, I'm. I have gotten so jaded over the last decade. Yeah. Like I, I don't trust anybody. I don't believe anybody. Yep. You know, I'm. I'm so skeptical. Way more than I ever was before. You know, mm-hmm. and I always sort of thought it was like I've talked about being naive before, and also being an optimist before, and those are character qualities that I've always had. I, I've always been an optimist. You know. But it it's burned me, and 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 that so that being naive has burned me over and over and over again, and that I'm starting to lose all of that, and I I don't think it's entirely a good thing, but I'm starting to lose it. I just don't trust or believe any fucking buddy anymore. I don't. I see what you mean about not thinking that it's a good thing, but I do think that it's a good thing because well, it depends. It depends on where it's manifesting itself in your life. If you are not trusting and not believing and you just have no regard for anything anybody says in real life individual people that you meet that's probably bad yeah um but not trusting anything that comes through official state media yeah don't why would you believe any of that and to me you seem like the kind of person who that's the person you are you don't trust anything that's yeah broadcast out but as far as individuals go you seem you seem more like open and trusting than i am yeah for sure for sure but i'm getting less that way yeah um but let me give you an example from the news so you know how they had the uh four college kids that got killed in idaho um yeah and they couldn't find they couldn't find the person and there was a lot of pressure on the police force because they didn't have any leads and it was like Weeks have gone by, and nobody knows anything, and there's no there's nobody in custody, and then we, then we see this story that came out a couple of days ago about some guy getting arrested in Pennsylvania, and uh, he's the guy that they have you know thumbed for it or whatever the expression is, and um, fingered fingered, <laughs> and um, and uh, then they tell you then they put his mugshot up on the uh, on the TV, and they tell you that he was emotionless, and I'm thinking to myself. You get arrested and you're getting a mugshot. 
Are you going to smile? Are you fucking happy you're there? No, you're going to look like this. Yeah. They said he was emotionless. And then they said <clears throat> that he was a PhD student studying criminology under, under one of these great, you know, professors. So now you've got, you've got what, what I would call, and I, 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 not me necessarily, this is a, a, thing, a thing that they said. You've got a, um, oh, now I'm going to lose it. When, when somebody tries to stage a crime scene, and they put all of the evidence right in front of you. There's a phrase for that. Yeah, uh, an orgy of evidence. Or yes, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. That's what they've presented to, to the to the public. An orgy of evidence. You've got this guy who's clearly a psychopath because he doesn't yeah. show emotion. They painted He's, a picture of him as like the Joker. He's like this emotionless person. Maybe not the Joker, but somebody, some kind of supervillain who's got just the right combination yeah. of emotionlessness and intelligence. Yeah, you and, know? He, and he studied under the great criminologist, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. he would know how he to get away it. with He's it. Dexter. Oh, He's, only He's Dexter. He's Dexter. He's a good guy. He's but, Dexter. Yeah. Right now. Clearly, what the news media wants you to see is they got their guy. Look at him. He's the devil. Clearly, he's guilty. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's innocent. It's a, it's an, first of all, it's an orgy of evidence, like the way you've presented it. And he's and he, how is he ever, by the way, how is he ever going to get a fair trial when everyone in the, in the country has seen this story they've already painted for you, you know, which is complete bullshit. It should, do, it should be illegal. But, <clears throat> but... In the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, all the pressure that those cops had for not being able to find the murderer of these innocent young people. The community was up in arms. The news media was, was up in arms. Why are you guys not doing anything? They Poof. needed somebody. Yeah. They didn't have any evidence. They, yeah. they didn't have any leads for weeks. And suddenly they find the guy and he's Dexter. That seems a little bit suspicious to me, man. For sure. I don't, I, he, listen, he could be the guy. I don't believe it. Like you, I, I'm going to need more evidence than that. I think it's awful fucking suspicious how that went down. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing I never would have thought before. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm not. I have mixed feelings about Donald Trump. Um, sometimes I think Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Okay. Trump. Yeah, not the other. Yeah, Donald G. Trump. Not no, that. Not guy. that guy. Um, but for Donald J. I have mixed feelings. Sometimes I think he's the only hope we have. Um, and not because I think that he's like awesome or like, you know, a perfect leader or anything, but he's got some intangible qualities that not a lot of people have. Yeah. And he's like uniquely positioned to be able to do something, to make some kind of a difference. Um, and then other times I think that he's a vaccine salesman and, mm. and sometimes I wonder if he's like, you know, Vladimir Lenin did this thing where, you know, there was the October revolution after, you know, during world war one, Russia pulled out of world war one. They had, um, the October revolution and the, the Bolsheviks took over and then there was a war there was like a civil war in Russia between the Bolshevik, the Red Army of the Bolsheviks and the White Army of the people who were still, you know, they still wanted the empire. They wanted to go back to how things were. So there was this civil war and eventually Lenin co-opted the leader of the White Army mm. and was like, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Let people believe that you are against me, but really you're not. So all of the, the country that could be investing their efforts, their resources into this actual cause 
uh, again, they think they're investing in an international cause, but it's not going anywhere. It's never going to do anything, wow. and they're expending all of their resources into it. Sometimes I wonder if that's what's going on with Trump. Um, why did I start talking about Trump? I don't know. What were we talking about before that? Not trusting the, the oh, media. Oh, but that's that's the one that's one thing that you cannot take away from Trump is he completely eroded a huge portion of America's trust in mainstream media. Yeah. There are a lot, obviously a lot of people who still just buy it all hook, line, and sinker, yeah. but there are a lot more people who don't now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and in fact, <clears throat> not just the media's coverage of Trump being so biased and so and so obviously, you know, rigged, mm-hmm. seeing the reaction of Congress um, to try to bury him mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again, that's been so obvious. Yeah. It's not been hidden. It's been way out in the open. And every time something fails, they have some other thing they pull out of their ass yep. and they just keep trying it's despicable. That's been the main bit of evidence in favor of Trump for me is that like the establishment and this could go back to like the Lenin thing where it's all fucking pretend, but it does seem to me like the establishment fucking hates him and does not want him in power at all because it seems like he fucked up their little, I bet if in 2016, if Hillary Clinton would have won, I'm willing to bet that we would have been at war with Russia a lot sooner than mm. we, we had been. Mm. Um, and I, so I think that Trump came in and fucked up you know, these people's money-making schemes, uh, whatever they're doing, their, their power-brokering schemes. Hmm. Um, and they hate him for that. You know, they, they do not want him back in there. They want to completely fucking ruin him because of what he did. They do, they do hate him. The problem is that he... Like I said, he's got some intangibles that make him good for this, but he also is like a bumbling fucking idiot a lot of the time, yeah, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and he doesn't seem like... I, I wish... Not not I in the terms of his ideology, but I wish that he was a little bit more like Lenin. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, I think that if you believed what Lenin believed, Lenin's a good fucking leader, man. Like, Lenin got shit done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, really. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Not good, you know, <laughs> so but... I wanted, I wanted to say that I agree with you that they hate Trump with a, a vitriol and a passion and an all-consuming desire that I have never seen before politically. Mm-hmm. And I can, but I can tell you one thing for certain. The reason they hate him is not the, reason, the reasons that they tell you. The reasons they hate Trump so much... It's yeah. not. It's not because he's a racist, racist and a sexist and, and a homo and a bigot. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They don't treat any other asshole that way. Yeah, you know. Well, they hate him for some other reason. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think it's like I said because he was this out, political outsider, this establishment, this person who's not a part of the political establishment who came in and. Against all odds, nobody. I didn't. I remember when he came down the golden escalator and announced that he was running. Uh, I was. He's not gonna fuck. Yeah. This is all a stunt. Yeah, absolutely. This guy's a, a reality TV star. This is a stunt. Yep. And I honestly think that Trump might have thought that. To be perfectly honest, I think that he was just. Like, oh shit! This sell, is working. Sell a book. I'm you know? pulling what? How yeah, much? Yeah, exactly. And then he, <laughs> yeah. then he fucking wins. Yeah. Um. 
But I, I think that even if it, even if he did think he could win, nobody else did, and then he fucking won, and these people, he got he caught them with their pants down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that he, I don't. I think it's pretty obvious that he ruined things for them. He fucked a lot of things up for them. He embarrassed them. A lot of he embarrassed them, but he also un he derailed trains that were on their way to the station. You know what I mean? Um, things that would have been paydays for them, all of that stuff. You know, I, I think eventually they they set it all back up. I think they're probably good at this point, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know. no, no. I also think that another reason why they are particularly hostile towards Trump is that he says, and, and I, I question his sincerity on some of the things that he says like this, but he says things that are very undeniably traditionalist and uh, conservative mm. and right wing, right? Um, and you can't, you're not allowed to be right wing. Do you remember when they asked Trump? Uh, they asked him about a Bible verse or something, what his favorite Bible verse was or something. He's like, I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just danced around that yeah. thing. and But but he did it in such a way that it was supposed to make him look like a fool for not knowing the Bible and claiming to, but instead he stuck to his guns confidently and made the, re- made the reporter asking the question uncomfortable. It was, yeah. it was amazing. I think that a lot of people, like, the general populace see through that. They're like, I bet he doesn't read the Bible, you know, but he was also like, fuck you nerd. You know, like I'm just going to sidestep your stupid fucking question. You know? Yeah. I I think that people like that. People. Yes. People like like that. that. Yes. Like seeing these like complete tool bags being made to look like complete tool bags instead of glorified like they are all the time. Man, that was great. No, a hundred percent. The same thing with the debates. Oh yeah. Especially the Republican debates, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Trump was, he won on that. He that that's what got him there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's undeniably hilarious. Yep, and I think we need more of that. I think we need more exposure of of the shit that we don't know that goes on. We need uh, we need more cogs, uh, you know, uh, getting r- wrenched in. You know what I'm trying to say? Wrenches in the cogs yep. of the machine, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know if Trump's the best candidate to run for the Republicans. I kind of think that he is. I was kind of like leaning towards DeSantis, but I don't know, man. I think that Trump's the guy. Uh, I don't love him, but I just I think that he's a, the better bull in a china shop, and that's what I want, baby. Yeah. I want a bull yeah. in a china Fuck shop. Yeah. If Trump would win, if we if Trump would run and win again, there's a part of me that would be gleefully happy that all of the lefties that have been trying to bury him. And making half of the population of the of the United States out to be a villain, mm-hmm. that they're finally that they're going to get their faces rubbed in the, their own shit. But it you was know, glorious the first time. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it would be extra glorious now oh, because yeah. they doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down. Yeah. You know, this whole time it was more the first time it was more glorious in hindsight for me. You know, like I, I got to see the undoing of it all. Then I'd look back at them freaking out, and it's like, okay, yeah, they. Uh, but yeah, this time, like, immediate gratification. You know, it's going to be great. Yep. So when I brought up the Bible earlier, you said you had something you wanted to say, and then we oh, got yeah. off track. What was it? <laughs> um, so I heard this theory that Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, if you're Catholic, um, 
I heard this theory that he basically usurped Christianity. Like, and this is not, there's not like hidden, you know, it's not like the stuff that you were talking about where there's like codes and hidden yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is just from the theology of the Gospels to the theology laid down by Paul mm-hmm. and his epistles. Yeah. That it's like he's completely undermining things. He's, uh, it's like a lot of sneaky stuff going on. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't know the details. Uh, uh, I, I'm definitely looking into that. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, I, I've never been particularly interested in the Pauline letters. No, me neither. I don't know that I ever read them. Yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot of Christian theology, but, um, I've heard a lot of people who I have like, uh, you know, some kind of respect for talk about how they're not really into Paul, you know, like, it's the Bible, so they respect it, but it's not, you know, their favorite part of the Bible. It's interesting. Like, I wonder what Paul. I wonder what Paul says about Jesus, or what he, what he paints about um, the message, what he changed or emphasized that was different from what. Je- you know, it's actually not easy to tell when you read the Gospels what Jesus, what his ministry was really. It's not really easy to understand what it was that Jesus was trying to change. I mean, there's there some examples, like um, when Jesus says things like, um, um, Moses said that if, you, um, that if you commit adultery, you know, you've committed a sin. I say, Jesus says, I say, if you even think about it, you're just as bad. You know, that's kind of different, for, obviously, from what the Jewish law was. You know, there were some things like that. But it's not really clear to me what makes it a different religion. Paul made it a different religion, mm-hmm. and he spread it. You know, it, he, Paul's popularity in, in the letters and, and spreading that message and, all, and founding all those churches all across Asia, um, um, in, the, in the Near East, rather, and uh, in, in, in the Mediterranean, that planted the seed and got the foothold in for Christianity to become, you know, the, the, the religion of the empire. Um, if it wasn't for Paul, it's possible that... Christianity would have fizzled out or been something that's limited to um, the Holy Land. Yeah. You know? That's a, something that I, it's a very small sentence that I remember is Christianity, there would be no Christianity without Paul. It would have, it would have fizzled out for sure. Uh, there's just like not enough. Yeah. That's interesting because there's groups that live in the Middle East, like the Mandians. I don't know if we've ever talked about the Mandians before, but they're a group that, that existed around the same time as uh, the early Christian church and their followers of John the Baptist. And they still exist to this day. They still believe, they believe John the Baptist was the Messiah. And they have their own holy places and their own holy scripture. And nobody fucking even knows. Nobody even knows. You've ever heard of it? Nobody even knows. And that's how Christianity might have been it, still today if it wasn't for Paul and Constantine. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Constantine's definitely a part of it too. Uh, this theory, you know, hmm. um, it's interesting though. Yeah. You never know. Um, I, I do think, I even if the, that conspiracy theory is true, I do think that there is, like the gospels and what. I think that there's undeniably good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wonder. That's an interesting, you know, because I've been I've been skeptical of. So I I have like new respect for Christianity. Um, before that, I was very skeptical of how the Bible was compiled sure. and how it got put together. And 
I'm less suspicious of that, but I'm still suspicious oh, of it. You I know, am too. Um, I, basically, where I land on the Bible is I'm 100% positive that there is truth, really important, deep truth in it that will make your life better. Mm. Um, but I'm also sure that there's stuff in there that was added for you know manipulative reasons. I think that a lot. Uh, I have this friend Joe who is Catholic, very Catholic, uh, and he believes that everything in the Bible is valid because God would not have let it be put in there. And I actually think that there's... I don't think that that's as retarded a, an argument as I would have a few years ago. But... I, d- I think it's retarded. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't see why you would either. I mean... Well, it's like we admit that the books were written by man. Mm-hmm. We admit that the books were organized by man. Mm-hmm. We admit that um, lots of books were left out. More, more books were left out of the Bible than are in it. Um, the Catholics have, I think, like 12 books that we don't have in the, in the Protestant Bible. Uh, you know, the book of Estras and Maccabees and shit like that. You brought up Jubilees earlier. That's another apocryphal book. It's called the Book of Jubilees. There's tons of them. Okay. Um, so in order for only the correct books only the divinely inspired books or only the books that that have that maintain the quality of message only them got got selected you know it's like there's a level of supernatural divine uh so you believe so you believe that this code in the bible that's possible <laughs> but that's not that doesn't make any sense to me that's magic if that's real, yeah. that's fucking magic. It's magic. Yeah, yeah. I guess if I believe in magic, and maybe I do. Then... Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I It's maybe I do. Well, here, l- listen to this, man. There, no, I, I do. I do believe in magic. I just don't know that I believe I, that magic has, like, that kind of an effect. But maybe it does. I, I don't know. I believe in magic. I just don't know what magic is. Yeah. I'll put it that way. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, there was another documentary I was watching. It's called Bible Secrets Revealed. Another documentary I was watching. And... It said a couple interesting things. The Hebrew word Adam. Adam? Adam. Adam. Oh, I thought you meant like Adam and a sub, like some BDSM thing. Adam means mankind. It means mankind. It doesn't mean a man. It doesn't mean a specific man. It means mankind. Also, the word um, Alma, A-L-M-A-H in Hebrew that's the word that gets translated into virgin in the Bible. doesn't mean virgin. It means a young woman. There's no, there's no evidence from the Hebrew prophecies about Jesus being born of a virgin or the Messiah being born of a virgin. That doesn't exist. The word means young woman. Yeah, I, I, I don't know enough about, you know, the translations or you know, the cultures that the, the, the original languages come from that word that means young lady. What was it? Alma. Maybe there's like a contextual thing that that does mean virgin. I have no idea. Um, this documentary says, says that, no. that the, that the Greek didn't have a word f- exactly for that. So the word that they chose is the word that means virgin. The Greek didn't, the Greeks didn't have a word for young lady. Not a doubtful. Not a, not a direct doubtful. Not a direct one. It seems like bullshit. <laughs> it does kind of sound like bullshit, but um, but the, but the point is, the 
and this is something that Joe, your Catholic friend, might might be interested to, to talk about uh, or think about. I would love to get Joe on here. Yeah, we should. Um, so the idea is only two of the Gospels talk about the, the Immaculate Conception. Two of the Gospels don't talk about Jesus being born of a virgin. The question is, why? It seems pretty important, right? The, the divine conception is one of the most important miracles, right, Of that, that are supposed to convince us that Jesus is who he claims to be or claimed to be or whatever it is. It's, um, you know, one of those important articles of faith. And there's evidence that that information in the Gospels that says Jesus was born of a virgin was added to make the prophecy, to make Jesus fulfill the prophecy. Mm. It was added because the, because the prophet said that, uh, that uh, he would be born of yeah, a virgin. Emmanuel, God with us, would be born of a virgin. Um, and that translation that made them add that shit to the Gospels was wrong. All it meant was that a young lady would, would give birth to, to Emmanuel, to God on earth. That's all, that's all we're saying. But we mistranslated it and went and tried to justify it post hoc by adding these shit, this shit to the, to the Gospels. And the same thing with um, where Jesus was born. He was supposed to be born in the city of David. Mm-hmm. That's what the prophecy said. And so they, they took the Galilean and they put him in Bethlehem, yep. right? You know, that's the kind of shit along the same lines that we were talking about, uh, about the guy, the murderer of the Idaho college kids, that I wonder, like, I don't believe it. Like, I, I have, I'm not, not that I don't believe it, I'm skeptical. And if they've done that kind of manipulation in the Bible, added things and, and all that, I hate to, like... Throw a wrench in the in the in the Bible because I respect it greatly and I think it is divine. I I, I don't know, man. I think I'd, I'd put it this way: if I were in charge with what parts of the Bible were considered to be holy, I would take the beginning of Genesis, maybe only, and the rest of it can fuck off. Or I would take That's the crazy. Or I would take the beginning of Genesis and, and the Gospel of John, and the rest of it can fuck off. I I don't understand why. Um, yeah, I. I a lot of it, if I, I don't, if I was in charge, I don't think I'd change any of it. But I can understand where you're coming from, and I think that Genesis is great. But I think that you have to have at least one of the Gospels in there, yeah. um, because it's not Christianity if you don't. It's Judaism, right, right. you know. So, uh, and there's a distinct difference. See, and I, I would pick the Gospel of John, and the Gospel of John is the oldest one written, and it was the one written like, like. To a Greek audience, mm-hmm. so it's like the least authentic one, but it's the one I like. It's the one I like. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I don't know either, man. So, uh, yeah, it would be good to get Joe on here. I, I, Joe's an interesting guy. He's so you know I was going to those Catholic classes, uh, whatever they're called, I forget. Yeah. Um, where the end goal is that you become Catholic. Uh, and I ended up not going anymore. Basically, it was like a... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just like a, a confluence of circumstances that ended up with me not going anymore. First, I was sick. And then my knee was fucked. And I couldn't... I like literally couldn't even walk. Yeah. Um, and then I went there one week. And it was a week that we had off. It was like, you know, there was like various weeks that we wouldn't be there and I went there and no one else was there and I just didn't go anymore yeah I get you Um, and another part of the reason that I was okay with that is I like Catholicism I like Catholics 
and I think that a lot of their ideology is good. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but there are things about it that I don't like, and the Vatican is one of those. Oh things. shit! Yeah. Um, the yeah. Pope. The, the all of that stuff. That's one reason why I'm much more drawn to Orthodox Christianity because yeah. there's no pope. Um, there are church fathers, um, but through like a system of the community vetting those people, some things are left out, some things are not, uh, and I just think that that system works better. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the whole the whole like political component of the religion and the Catholics, you know, have it better than any of the other Christian groups. Um, maybe the Church of England would be the second one or something, but the politics around it, to me, is uh, unnecessary mm-hmm. and despicable. It's like, clearly, if you are taking power, authority, um, and and creating this hierarchy that didn't exist biblically and has no justification, you're doing it for power. You're doing it for for ulterior motives. You You want to be king of kings and that's who that's who the pope was for the the whole all of the middle ages yeah you know there's you talk about stuff in the bible that you would take out if you could in the catholic doctrine mm-hmm. which encompasses way more than the bible yeah. which is confusing yeah. to me sure um there's a lot of crazy stuff in there did you know that the catholics believe that mary was also immaculately conceived yeah and was and, a, was a perpetual virgin never never had sex yeah. ever yeah, by logic. So following their logic of for Mary to be able to give birth to Christ, she must have been immaculately conceived. So everyone from that line had to have been immaculately conceived. And to me, that logic follows. That if Mary couldn't give birth to Jesus, Sarah, or whoever Mary's mother was, could not have given birth to Mary, and Beth could not have given birth to Sarah, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, if if you like are trying to think about things logically um and i do feel like things like the catholic church they try to they do try to think about things logically as much as they can you know what i mean yep. it's just like so what's going on there yeah they get they get uh so we talked about some of this before like um the way that the uh jews um needed to explain inconsistencies in the scriptures so they made the the midrash and the and the um talmud and the, all that all that stuff it, just like what you're talking about with the catholic doctrine they added all of this dogma and all of this um you know information to enhance or clarify the scriptures and what you end up with is something that can't claim to be divinely inspired but introduces all kinds of shit into the religion that weren't there before. And with the Catholics, it, you know, it's like purgatory. It's like, um, what do they call the... It's not just purgatory, by the way. There's a special purgatory for babies mm. and maybe... Babytory. Maybe saints, too. I can't remember. Sanctatory. What is it called? There's Babytory. <laughs> there's a word for it. There's another word for it. There's all kinds of shit that gets added in and... I, and I'm with you. I don't, uh, you know, I'm suspicious of all of that. Yep. Um, so th- that goes back to like that thing that Joe said, that if it's, if it's, God would not let it be added if it was not right. Um, I do think that there's some element of that where I don't have a problem with it. But I I think beyond a certain point, it stretches credulity. Uh, and sure. maybe right out of the gate, it stretches credulity. I'm not like 100% like that's definitely 
God definitely wouldn't have let anything get put in there. I don't know. Maybe not. But I just don't think it's completely ridiculous to think that there could have been some kind of divine process by which the Bible is, you know, so I it's think, good. So I think that's true. I think there is a, a process by which sp- spiritual knowledge is made available to us and we can write it down. So you're just like contradicting yourself right now? Well, let me explain what I mean. I think every religious tradition began with a um, mystical experience, whether that's drug-induced or not, a mystical experience. And you have a mystical experience and you write down what you learned from that experience or what you saw in that experience. I think that is divine knowledge of some kind. I believe that for sure. Um, and that's tied to the reason why I said if it were up to me, I would take the first part of Genesis and get get rid of the rest of it. Because the first part of Genesis about the creation of, of, of the world, that to me is like a mystical psychedelic experience. Yeah. You know, some of the, some of the prophets, I guess, would fall into that category as well. Um, but like the histories, like the book of Judges and Kings and shit like that, like why is that important? Why do I need to know about the history of the Jewish people and the miracles that happened to them, you know, during supposedly happened to them during that historical period? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that important? Are you at least open to the idea that maybe there is a reason and you just don't know it? Sure, of course, of course, okay. yeah. Because I mean, I'm with I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily understand what the significance is, but and you could you could make the same know. argument with Paul's letters. So you have the Gospels. Why do I need why do I need Paul's letters and why did we decide to include them in the in the canon of the Bible mm-hmm. you know I mean this is one man's opinion about what the message of Jesus was the and, one guy who knew him so yeah but I mean I'm not def- as far as I'm concerned Saul can go he's he's out <laughs> I I did a podcast a while ago um because I was asking an honest question to myself I said I don't Am know. I gay? <laughs> said I don't know what Jesus taught that made his m- message a different religion. Like I didn't understand what Jesus. How did Jesus's teaching separate him from the from the the, the Jewish religion? Because it's not clear that even Jesus believed that he was separating himself or starting a new religion. He was a Jew, yeah. you know? And I also didn't know what Muhammad taught that made Islam different from Christianity and Judaism. You know, apart from like Muslims and Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah or that Jesus was divine in any way. Um, apart from that, like what about the religion is different? What, what merits having a whole other religion What's so different about Islam that they, that they needed a new religion, that Christianity wasn't good enough or Judaism wasn't good enough? And I honestly didn't know. So I w- explored that to see if I could figure out what it was. And, uh, you know, there were some things, but not enough. You know, especially with, with the difference between Islam and Christianity really boils down to that they don't believe that there's a trinity and they don't believe that Jesus it was God. I really honestly can't see much of it much of a difference beyond that. Yeah. Um I mean I think that the Messiah the the believing that Christ is the Messiah 
Uh, I think that that's actually a pretty big one. Um, you know, like uh, regardless of the doctrine, I don't. Maybe maybe there's not a whole lot, especially with early Judaism. There's probably not much difference. Um, but I mean, if you compare the difference between Judaism and Christianity now, it's fucking huge, you know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think what were the things that Jesus was saying in the Gospels that the Pharisees had a problem with? I think a lot of it had to do with the fact, A, that he was claiming that he was the Messiah. Yeah. And B, he was encouraging the Jews of that, you know, t that time and place to behave in ways that would have robbed power from the people who, this, the Pharisees and, you know, the people who were in power because true. of that religion. That's true. You know, that's an interesting thing. So there isn't a Jewish priesthood anymore. You know, there's rabbis, but there isn't a Jewish priesthood anymore. And the reason for this, as far as I know, is because the temple's gone. There's no temple, so there's no priests. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. I don't know if I lost it. Yeah, from what I understand, Jude early Judaism and Talmudic modern Judaism is completely different religions, like completely different. It's interesting. It's like if I ask myself what's important about the idea of God, that's why I said I would chop out the first part of Genesis and keep that because that's about how the world was made. And that seems to me what's important about God. What else is important about God? There's an, there might be an argument to be made that there's some sort of a moral component, like that God is responsible for some sort of moral like standard. Um, but but beyond creation, I don't know what significance, you know, like even the word God to me just kind of means creation. Like I don't know what it means beyond that. God means that that which made this. That, period. It. That's it. And any story we we tell about that, um, you know, I think is significant. I think is. Uh, divinely inspired and that those sorts of realizations occur in mystical experience and then I think that the Jesus bit and I, and I didn't used to think this way but I, I do now I think the Jesus bit is important because what it does is it, it gives you the message it gives you it illustrates for you this idea in fact I had something written down I can talk about that will go along with this St. Athanasius um, one of the early church fathers, uh, somebody qu tweeted this, and I just thought it was awesome. A quote from St. Athanasius that said, God became man so that man might become God. That's the story of the gospel, right? So you have, you have Genesis about the creation of the heavens and the earth, about the creation of reality, and then in the gospels you have a story about understanding that we are the thing that, the thing that we worship. We are the thing that we point to to say... That's what was responsible for creating this. We have a connection, an intimate and deep connection with that thing. So much so that our identities are inseparable from each other. And you can never understand that. It's hard to understand even just talking about it right now. But you can never understand that until you, until you have a mystical experience. So it's tied, it's tied together. The idea that God is man and man is God. That's that symbolized by Jesus and in the story of Jesus. So we need that. So I'd keep that. 
But then there are people that will say that story has existed historically well before Jesus. You know, the story of, you know, the, the you know, Osiris and the story of Mithra and the story of, you know, all these different gods that were the dying and resurrecting Savior that, that, that follow the same model as Jesus. And I think that, again, going back to that earlier example, I was talking about uh, the Bible code. I think it strengthens the art, the significance of the Jesus or the Christ figure. The fact that it's existed before the person of Jesus, people people will use that to diminish it and say, well, "You guys are just recycling this idea that came from you know ancient whatever. This this Jesus idea goes way back to ancient Egypt. Even um, you guys are just reusing this old story." You know, I, I, I don't think that diminishes the Jesus story at all. I think it strengthens it because you can see that the message that God becomes man and man becomes God, that we are one, that same message is repeated over and over and over again. Why would it not repeat it with our new our newest flavor of religion? You know? And Christian, Christians don't like to hear that. You know, your mom's probably thinking, Chris is going to hell for sure. But it's important to understand that Jesus wasn't uniquely Christ. We all are. I believe that. And the first step into coming to understand that is to is to coming to believe that somebody was. Somebody special. Jesus was. He was special. So once you can believe that Jesus was God, then you can take that next step down the road to understand that what Jesus was was a man, just like you and me. Or woman. I'm not trying to be sexist over here. Yep, and and it's so it's not just about this special person that had this special connection to God. It's realizing that if if anyone has that connection to God, everyone does. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is something special about Jesus in the fact that it takes a special person to make other people realize that as widely as he did. You know, like that's uh, that's something special. Not everyone can do that. Um, n- nobody else has done that ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, all of these messiahs that came before Jesus Christ didn't have the same effect that Jesus Christ did on the world, you know? They had maybe a huge effect on their region, um, but globally, you you can't fuck with Jesus. I mean, you know. I mean, I think about Socrates and Buddha as examples of people like Jesus that were like Jesus in lots of ways and made a worldwide impact you know, that their, their lives and their example made a worldwide impact. Um, so I do agree with you that it takes a special person to even to just put into words, even to communicate something as difficult as what I just tried to communicate. It takes a special person. And there are special people. There are people that are born with crazy high IQs. There are people that are, you know, that have... Uh, away with words like like a William Shakespeare there are there are diamonds in the rough out there and it t- sometimes it takes some, something like that to to make it make sense to get the message across um but I don't think Jesus was the only one you know I think Socrates and Buddha are examples of of you know equally significant special people yeah yeah um yeah I, I mean I would assume that if you could quantify that, that maybe they had less of an impact than Jesus. Um, but 
and I'm not even saying that because I'm like partial to crit. I'm just saying like mathematically, yeah. You know, statistically, I, I I would be willing to bet that that Jesus had a bigger influence. Although you do have to wonder how much influence that like someone like Socrates, where Christianity, you know, was bo- you know Judaism was born in the Middle East, but then Christianity kind of became a European thing, particularly in Greece. Right. You got to wonder how much like Socrates. His effect on that area had on Christianity. Well, the, I mean, there's there's one big piece of evidence there, which is that Saint Thomas Aquinas, who is you know one of the early church fathers, but but maybe hand, maybe maybe hands down the most important um, you know in, most influential church father when it comes to uh, uh, Christian dogma. Yeah. Um, you know, Saint Thomas Aquinas was the guy that wrote like the. Uh, arguments for and against the existence of God, and you know, all kinds, all kinds of shit. Um, he was heavily influenced by Aristotle. So Thomas Aquinas was bringing Aristotle, was bringing the Greek philosophy and rationalism of Aristotle, which came from Socrates ultimately, yep. and merging it with the Christian, with the Jewish, and the in the Christian dogma to create what basically modern Catholicism. That was Thomas Aquinas did that, man. You know another thing about Thomas Aquinas that's I, worth telling you? I, just to, I yeah. don't think that you can say maybe hands down. I don't think that you can say <laughs> this. Another thing about Thomas Aquinas uh, that I remember from learning from in school. Um, he had a um, mystical experience late in his life. And when he had it, he said that everything he'd written was as nothing. You know? Yeah. And I think that's true, man. If you have a mystical experience, it's something else. It is. And Thomas Aquinas wrote tremendously influential and powerful shit. And he was like, it was as nothing compared to that experience. Yeah. That dude, Joe, one time we were unloading a truck when we worked together. And we were talking about Thomas Aquinas. And he was like, yeah, you know, during times when... he was, you know, feeling, you know, stressed or overwhelmed. He would find a nice solitary place and fuck his animals. Because, you know, Thomas Aquinas was, like, big on the... Like, he's, like, the patron saint of animals. Oh, I didn't know. Joe was just fucking with me. Because, uh-huh. like, I was listening to him. He was being, like, uh, very sincere. And then yeah. he, like, hits me with it. Like, what? And he was like, he was like, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we can talk about saints. You didn't know that Thomas Aquinas was, like, the... Patron animal? Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. No, no. We can talk about saints though. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, um, it's not. Really but interesting. Uh, but we're coming up on time anyway. Are we? Yeah, almost two hours now. Do you uh, close out? Do you see? You know that guy Andrew Tate? Um, I don't know him, but I've seen him on the news recently. Yeah. Well, we've. I think we've talked about him Did before. We? So we'll refresh my memory. Um, he's a guy who has this big online following where he goes online, you know, he does his live streams, whatever he does, but he also goes on like podcasts and, uh, you know, other shit. And he says very controversial things, a lot of which I agree with completely. Mm. Um, but he's just very brash and like, he wants to work people up, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he says all of these things that are like right wing kind of traditionalist, um, ideas and he, he disseminates those ideas well you yeah. know uh, but then it comes out that and a lot of this stuff has been 
So not the illegal part of it, but the like sordid, immoral part of it has been out there for a while. The guy's a pimp, you know, like he, oh. he runs, uh, he got super rich off of creating and running a like cam site, you know? Okay. Um, and a lot of those types of things, the people who were doing it are not necessarily doing it voluntarily. Oh. Yeah. And, and he, and a lot of it, because of that situation, like you're not really going to be able to get away with that in America. Like you, you could maybe, but it's le- less likely. Uh, where it's easy to get away with that kind of stuff, Eastern, Eastern Europe. Europe. Uh, so he moves to Romania, and but yeah, just like becomes a pimp basically. Like oh. you can find videos of you can find a video of him like beating some girl, like breaking her mentally. Oh, Jesus, um, yeah, it's he, it, so. I just think it's interesting. You got this guy who is out there saying a lot of blatantly right wing things. And then all of a sudden he's got this, this sex trafficking charge. Um, and I just can't help but wonder like, is this an attempt to associate right wing ideologies with sex trafficking? Uh And, um, you know, like, the pedo, the pedophile thing is a big thing for the right right now, you yep, know? Yep. I just wonder, are they trying to, like, hijack this? And, like, it's not us, it's them. It's interesting. And th- it's another situation where I wonder if Andrew Tate is in on it. You know, like... Oh, God. He's in, he's in, he's, you know, being held by the Romanian government now. If he walks free, I fully am going to believe that he's working for them now. Oh, boy. So that level of uh, 3D chess that, we're, that you're describing... You know, it's like when you were even talking about Lenin and the White Army. It's like we're just going to pretend we're mm-hmm. going to shake hands and we'll just do this little dance for the public. Like that level of political maneuvering, um, it seems so incredibly de- deceptive and immoral to me. And uh, and I don't know if it's because like like I'm not sm- I'm not smart enough or witty enough to like like catch it in advance like I would get duped you know and so I feel like you know it's bad you know it's manipulative it's bad at the same time we've talked about this before that it it doesn't seem like the conservatives will ever win unless they start doing it too you know and the left is so much better at it I I don't know maybe they've been doing it longer maybe maybe they maybe they are maybe they're smarter Maybe there's more sociopaths among them. I don't know. I think the reason the left is better at doing it is because their opposition is the left. The The Republicans, they're just a part of that crew. They're not fighting anything. They're putting on a show to make the idiots think they're fighting something, God. but they're not. Um, and I think that there are people who are right-wing who are very capable of operating in the manner that would have us, but when they get to power... Look what happens with Donald Trump. It's just speed bump, speed bump, speed bump, speed yeah. bump until yeah. the end of his term, and then yep. they steal the election from him. And then they uh, they didn't stop, actually. The speed bumps just kept coming. Oh, for you know? sure, yeah. For they Christ still got to speed bump man. that motherfucker. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I was Donald Trump, I might just put my middle fingers up to this whole country and just go live on an island somewhere with all my money. Oh, that's, that's being a quitter. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump is not a quitter. That's... One of those intangibles. Yeah. He's been, in his, and in reality, I think, embarrassed. He's been, you know, pushed around. And Donald Trump, say what you want about him, 
doesn't seem like the kind of guy who takes that sort of thing well and is like, no, you're not going to do that to me. Even if I lose, I'm going to try my best to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, some, there's something, you know, I and Randy and about that that I like, you know? Yeah, man. Bull in a China shop. All right, I got a piece, so let's uh, play the music. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work. Thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode. <laughs>